as financial institutions, it, it's really is our our responsibility just to be excellent providers, sound guides, you know, just good stewards with the trust these customers are giving us. Listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journeys series, where James Robert uncovers and explores some of the industry's biggest digital marketing and sales stories of success. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 73rd episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series and I'm excited to welcome Corey LeBlanc to the show. Corey is the co-founder of a soon-to-launch fintech bringing over 20 years of diverse information technology experience in roles such as CTO, VP of IT, and Director of Infrastructure and Security. He's also on the MX Client Advisory Board, and he is the recipient of the 20 Under 40 by Banking Exchange Magazine. Welcome to the show, Corey. Hey, thanks for having me, James Robert. Well, I'm looking forward to talking about what you have going on a little bit right now behind the scenes. But before we get there, I want to I want to lead up to this point uh, and how you got to where you're at on just your own digital growth journey to to educate others, to really, I think, even inspire others, because you've you've had such an amazing journey in a, in a short period of time. And, and when you reflect back on that journey, what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned along the way that might be helpful to teach others? Yeah, I think for me, you know, personally, it kind of sits down with don't sit back on anything, right? You know, if you have this thought or this idea of something that really you have a passion for, you, you got to just drive with it, right? You got to step outside of your comfort zone and really, you know, have the conversations, ask the questions and, and really push. And I think, you know, even more specifically for me personally, you know, 2020 in itself has led to some, some really serious introspection, man. And it really kind of pushed me to kind of look at, you know, what was it that I was actually doing day to day, right? You know, what did it mean to my contribution to the space that, you know, we kind of all operate in right now, which is, you know, this world of uh, digital banking and, and banking technology. And, you know, as you can imagine, you know, 2020 shifted a, a, a ton of stuff, right? And, you know, I had a lot to think about, but and I want to be clear, you know, we were doing some really positive things at my previous organization, and I have no doubt, right, that Origin Bank is going to continue to serve the communities they operate in, in a really meaningful way. However, as, as I was kind of looking at what I was doing and the challenges and uncertainty that kind of was, you know, sitting in front of us, you know, I knew that I really kind of had to step outside of what, you know, my day-to-day -day was if I was going to accomplish anything significant. So that was what I was saying if there's something out there, right, that you aspire to do, you just got to really push and go do it. Because, you know, for me to do that thing that's going to be significant, both professionally and personally, I needed the ability to really kind of go back to the basics, right? Really look at things more from that first principle concepts idea, instead of looking at things from a digitization standpoint, but looking at a true digital capacity of what we can and can't do. And at the end of the day, right, I had to decide was it time for me to take a leap? And for me, it was, and it was, 
to leave this really comfortable position working with you know people that I respect and I, I call friends to this day and and try something a bit different. But look, you know, the last forty five days since since leaving this you know fourteen year role behind me, you know, I've been going like a hundred miles an hour every single day. We were talking about this a little bit ago, but you know, I'm having a ton of fun and I look forward to you know, doing some of the really good stuff this year that we have in front of us. And I think, you know, if I had to say that, you know, kind of sum it all up, it's, it's go after that, right? Go after that thing that you really can, you know, get excited about every single day. You talk about taking the leap. And I think, you know, if you reflect back on just your own personal journey of growth and you move from A to B, C to D, E to F, and, and sometimes you've had to make some pretty big leaps looking behind you. You and I were talking about this before. It's this idea of, of confidence and, and, and speaking the truth. How can others maybe gain that sense of confidence and, and, and really be empowered to speak the truth? I think because when I think about transformation, transformation really must begin by telling the truth first and foremost to ourselves. Right. Yeah, no, it, it really does. It starts with honesty, right? It, it, it being honest with, with who we are and, and what our role is and, and what we want to accomplish. You know, we were talking about being in a room full of executives or a room full of people with, with certain responsibilities or roles that may seem senior to you. Right. And for me, that, that was never the case, right? I never felt like anyone was above me necessarily. It was always, they may have a role that was more important to the organization than mine was, you know, on paper, but that my role, I could be amazing at, right? If I put every single ounce of effort that I had into doing the best I could in, you know, research and preparation. And that way, when I showed up to the, the meeting room or the boardroom or, or the table for conversation, that I was prepared on my end, right? And that way, when the conversation went to those uncomfortable places or those, you know, situations where maybe there's conflict, mm. I was I was pretty sure of where I was, right? Now, that didn't mean that I was right all the time. Absolutely not, right? I was wrong quite a bit, but I was confident in what it was that I was going to speak to. Yeah. And that also helped open the door for for some pretty interesting interesting paths and conversations. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is about doing the work and, and really thinking about where you've been, where you, you're at, and, and where you can go next, both personally, professionally, as a team, as an organization. I think it's so easy just to get caught up in the doing. And, and, and you mentioned 2020 being a year of reflection and, and introspection. How can us as leaders create that space and time to escape the doing of digital, if you will, to review where we're, where we've been, to gain learnings from that and, and really think about where we can go next. Cause otherwise we just get in this continuous cycle of just doing for the sake of, of doing. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem, right? You know, when we talk about specifically in, in banking and some of the more, you know, I guess the industries where technology has not really been embraced as, as well as some others, right? Retail and some of these other spaces, they're a little bit further ahead. But you look at banking, you look at, you know, the, the oil and gas or electrical fields and, and you start to see, you know, these companies who have some 
pretty old systems, right, in place. And so the way that they look at technology is this inevitable thing that I have to invest time and effort into. Yeah. But they don't really know what that means, right? And so they're having a conversation around technology when in reality they need to be having a conversation around the business, right? What the value add to adding technology is and how can we utilize technology to to better structure our companies to to meet that goal, right? And that's where I think the, the conversation is often missed, is that we, we look at it as it's investment into softwares or, or hardwares and, and not into the investment in the business. And, and how do we start to restructure? Yeah, Ron Shevlin had shared a report, uh, I think it was uh, around the technology success bias to where we we adopt this technology thinking it's going to be the cure to all of our pain points and problems, but that's a very yes. dangerous place to be. Have you experienced that? And maybe not yourself, but just others that you've worked with this historically of how, you know, we, we think this technology is is the cure, but but we, we have to set the proper expectations, right? We definitely have to set the proper expectations. And another problem with that, you know, more specifically is that we, in, in a very, I guess, risk adverse space like mm. banking, we look at, okay, what's the known, right? What's, what's the, the probability of default, right? And so we, we want known outcomes in the things that we do. And the problem with technology is if there's a, a clear known outcome, we're probably too late to the game, right? Really to get the maximal value of the investment in that technology. And so what you end up seeing is these companies that almost go about it, like they're selecting from, and I say this all the time, like a, a takeout menu, right? Where they're saying, okay, well, I, I need some P to P. So I need to go grab Zelle, or I need, I need this other service. So I'm going to go add this feature into my mobile banking because I see that everybody else is saying that it's awesome and they need it as opposed to looking at well, what is it that we do? And what is it that we want to do exceptionally well? Yes. And, and how does that how does that align to the technology that we need to put in place to to get there? Oh wow! I love that. I love the takeout analogy. I also have talked about it as they're self diagnosing, and then they're prescribing their own solution, but they're self diagnosing incorrectly, and so they're getting the incorrect solution to the bigger problem. And I want to transition the conversation because you're continuing down this path of growth, your own journey of growth, as you move further into to 2021, you've launched a, a, a digital first DeNovo community bank, you're a co-founder, that's going to be focusing on the SMB market. Coming back to, to, to Ron Shevlin, that was something that he shared to end episode 58. And he said the SMB market is going to get very hot for financial brands. Uh, and I even made SMBs one of my top 12 opportunities in 2021 during, during episode 55. Why was launching a digital first de novo so appealing for you just to go down this this new path of of your own personal digital growth journey? Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're an organization right now, so we haven't launched yet. We're still trying to design and, and orchestrate the, the layers that are going to kind of get this thing ro rolling for us. Uh, but I mean, seriously, right. It was appealing to me for all of the reasons that you were just talking about, right. So the reasons why you made it a top priority on one of your lists, why Ron was noting the, the substantial value in this on your podcast. And then, you know, he also worked at, with, with Cornerstone as Cornerstone with auto books to write, do some survey and some reports on the value that's out there around the SMB space. And then you go look at the report from the surveys that 11FS started doing at the end of 2019. And this was a conversation, right? I was having with, with Sam Malk when he was over at 11FS. And, yep. 
And we were talking about trying to give some of our customers from origin to them to, to kind of survey to see, well, what is it that the customers see as these underserved needs, right? Or what is the opportunity for us to really utilize technology or align it, right? We were talking about alignment to things. But a lot of this started coming out at the beginning of two, or 2020, and but it was really kind of working on the backside of this even before that. There, you know, there's just this tremendous opportunity to create significant change in that space. But it's been pretty underwhelmingly served, I think, through digital financial services even prior to this year, right? So you, we spend a lot of time in consumer where it's almost white label at this point in a lot of senses. There's a lot of work that we can do, but for the most part, a lot of the stuffs are being met somewhere. It's just simply orchestrating or layering in the technologies, right, to, to do what it is that you want to do in consumer. And then you look to, to treasure your more larger enterprise businesses, and, and that services has, has a good bit more you know, stuff offered from, I'd say, community banks or the smaller bank space. But you get into this middle section, right, this this SMB section, uh, and you see this insane amount of stress and adversity and uncertainty and everything that's kind of been layered in over this past year that's been created for these small businesses. And let's be honest, right, these are the soul of the communities that we live 100%. in. 100%. And they will be... 100%, right? And they're, and they're going to be instrumental, right? In, in the success of our recovery as a country. And it was so it was a pretty easy decision for me and for, for some of my founding partners and the investors that are working with us. Now we just have a lot of work ahead of us as a team, right? My fellow founders and me. And, but we're waking up every day and asking ourselves the, you know, the tough questions. And but the cool part is that we get to truly go out there and get answers and, and then try to solve them and really put something into the space to do that. You know, we're not checking boxes anymore and, and so we're building and orchestrating what we believe is going to be something significant technology has transformed our world and digital has changed the way consumers shop for and buy financial services forever now consumers make purchase decisions long before they walk into a branch if they walk into a branch at all but your financial brand still wants to grow loans and deposits we get it digital growth can feel confusing frustrating and overwhelming for any financial brand marketing and sales leader but it doesn't have to because james robert wrote the book that guides you every step of the way along your digital growth journey visit www.digitalgrowth.com to get a preview of his best-selling book banking on digital growth or order a copy right now for you and your team from amazon inside you'll find a strategic marketing manifesto that was written to transform financial brands and it is packed full of practical and proven insights you can start using today to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits now back to the show yeah it's it's one of the you know, things jeffrey kendall i had on the podcast um a, a couple episodes ago we were talking about the old jfk quote of we choose to go to the moon not because it is easy but because it is hard and you know why i wake up here at the digital growth institute is it's it's really the bigger purpose of what i call one bx btr which is to get a billion people beyond their financial stress towards a bigger better brighter future i'm just one one guy i, I you know I've, I've got visions in my head and all i can do is transfer this knowledge outside of my head into others and, and really just elevate this industry as a whole but you're right about the small business and really the community bank the community institution the community bank, the community institution falls 
the small business has really at that point no one to really turn to because if you think about like PPP, who stepped up, who who bridged that gap? It was the community institutions who who came to the rescue of small business. Yeah, and look, PPP wasn't the main contributing factor, right, to what we why we did this, but it definitely you know, accelerated some of the conversations with investors because it was very clear, right, where this this disconnect existed. And if you mm-hmm. go look at, and I mentioned 11FS research on this space, and, and you looked at, you know, 51% of small businesses call one of the top five financial institutions in the U.S. their bank, right? And then so 49% are relying on the small to, smaller regional community banks, right, to really kind of run their businesses. But I think it was like 67% or 60 high 60% of them utilize one of the top five FinTech platforms as well. So what you see, right, from the studies, from the research, from actually talking to small businesses is in order for them to run their businesses, they're having to go to multiple places to get the job done. And so when PPP came around and the, the, the larger financial institutions maybe didn't meet the needs of these businesses and they were starting to falter, they really did have to rely on the, the regional community bank space. And so whether that was through technology or whether that was through, you know, just a ton of people putting in a massive effort to get funds out to these people, it mattered, right? And so for us, this whole idea doesn't really, you know, concern us on the ending size or the scale that we can get to. It's more about this greater contribution of things for us, right? We want to make an impact, however however that works out. Yeah. And and that is, you know, it's been really fun for me and and my team. And and I can honestly tell you, I've never been good at sitting on my hands. We were talking about this a while ago. I'm also not very good at having a lot of walls around me. And neither have my partners, and, and neither are most small and medium-sized business owners, right? They, they need access to capital. They need access to good financial services, but they need it to come to them. Yes. And let's talk about that. You know, what are maybe one of the two top opportunities that you're seeing as you're going down this path very practically for the SMB market when it comes to just digital banking as a whole? Yeah, I think I think holistically, right? I think there's this really huge opportunity that we all get, right, to reimagine the way community banks can serve the client or the small business. So we get to scrap all these things that don't make sense because of the ways uh, of thinking now are different, right? We get to not only build something valuable for future customers, but we also get to kind of help contribute to the, again that larger ecosystem that you know ultimately gives small businesses and the people behind them the best shot of being successful and realizing their true potential. Yes, and you know, trust me, I, I'm not crazy enough to believe that I can fix all things or we can fix all things for everyone. But we can't do something significant, and, and maybe that makes me a little crazy by comparison. But I think the opportunities that really need to be realized from the, these these SMBs are the access to consistent, reliable data, right mm. across the board. Three, a full three, we talk about three hundred and sixty views of the customer from the bank side. But the customer should have a 360 view of their entire business and their finances all the way down to the personal level. And they shouldn't have to go all over the place to get it. It shouldn't be broken. You shouldn't have a balance sitting on one system that is different from one and the other because we're talking about a screen scrape that maybe it's broken. Uh, I think utilizing the technology, utilizing the open banking system, utilizing you know proper regulatory you know, focus, we can create a secure, but consistent and reliable environment to help these businesses actually do what they do best. And it's run their businesses while we we help guide them on the financial side. When you think about the relationship between just financial brands, historically, and the SMB market, 
What is a common belief that this industry has that you just passionately disagree with? <laughs> huh. You know what I think? I think the common belief is that and this is one that I think kind of bugs me, right? Is that to have a meaningful, and this is really, I guess, more prevalent in the community banking space, but in order to have meaningful relationships, that you have to rely on physical channels like branch or in-person meetings to be successful. And I think this, this kind of thinking is just completely wrong, right? Yes. For a lot of people, a lot of businesses. The reality is, is we're not, they don't want necessarily just physical relationships. They want personal relationships. And for that matter, right, the physical interaction is playing a, a much smaller role today than it has ever before. And 2020 accelerated, but it, this was happening before 2020. So this isn't a behavioral trend that's going to go away with the pandemic, right? This is the, the reality of the world that we live in. So if you look at today's preferred experiences in retail and entertainment and, and even banking, right, they're mm -hmm. moving towards this digital first in a lot of cases. And, and, and since the beginning of 2020, digital only channels. You know, you look at and we talk about banking services, people just want to be successful in their personal lives and in their businesses. And, you know, as financial institutions, it, it's really is our, our responsibility just to be excellent providers, sound guides, you know, just good stewards with the trust these customers are giving us. And as community banks, we have to realize that that's going to be that we have to step outside of the businesses or our day-to-day of the finances and we have to make it simple and we have to look at ways that we can go to them and not the other way around like quit making them come to us go to them and provide them the service they need to be successful and that's going to start you know with digital yeah be proactive not reactive and i i really like your point of you know <laughs> People obviously want a relationship, but that relationship does not have to be conducted in the physical manner. I even think about just myself and all of the relationships, the personal relationships that I have with so many people literally around the world that would not be possible if it weren't for digital. And if it was just limited to the physical world, I don't think my life would be as as full as it would be otherwise, because there's just, there's an abundance of, of opportunities to connect and create value and learn from so many others around us, right? Exactly. And, and look, this doesn't mean that the physical channel is completely dead. I, I disagree with that thought process as well, but there's this combination of the two that needs to exist. And for some, it's going to be much closer to digital only. And then for some, they're going to want more physical interactions, but making them choose based on what we offer is just the wrong, wrong, wrong thought process. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned first principles thinking before and almost kind of going down to zero and, and rebuilding from the ground up. It's, it's really where I just personally live. And, you know, instead of looking at what's not possible, I think that's a, uh, you, you start off with limitations there. It's okay. Well, just what is possible? And then you build from the ground up. When, when you go back to just thinking about just your own growth journey, you know, one of the things that, and, and you mentioned this before, you know, having dialogue with, with leadership teams, around innovation, strategy, driving cultural transformation, aligning, you know, different key stakeholders, customers, employees, internally, externally. Think back on all those lessons. How do you drive innovation and manage a culture of change, especially 
when everyone might not be on board? Because this is something that I'm continuously seeing even in this post-COVID world. Yeah, no, and in some instances, it, it, in some channels, it's gotten worse, right? Is that now Now that they feel even more threatened, if you will. And so I'm, I'm going to look at it personally, right? Some things that I've seen where I could have done better, right? Mm-hmm. So hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Right. And, and I think where I could have done a much better job at the very beginning, and so I think that if you're getting started in this, this might help, is the focus for me was on innovation first. And, and we talked you know, in the past about how, you know, if you look at technology as the path, right, you're probably not going to have as much success because we know everything done right within an organization really starts with alignment, right? Alignment to the business, alignment to the personnel, alignment to the existing tech stack. You know, but it's about getting this buy-in for not just the products or services that we're kind of expecting to deliver, but on the whole purpose for even proposing them in the first place. And so the times where we started to build things or we started to, I guess, introduce technologies for the sake of trying to improve through technology without aligning to the business, we, we, we struggle, right, to get that buy-in. So you start to get this resistance both out of fear of change and maybe this thought of reduction of responsibility, which completely misses the real concept, right? Which is, should be this augmentation with automation instead of them thinking of the technology as just this automation for who they are, or what they do, right? you know, which should be, you know, this whole primary value in adding technology in the first place. So, you know, some of the best successes, I think that, you know, we, we had at Origin Bank before I left was when the business lines, when we got the business lines involved in the process from the very beginning, and they yes. helped drive this idea of innovation in their areas of expertise, instead of for us asking them to trust us after the fact, right, that it's going to work. So after 20 plus years of, you know, this of enterprise technology experience, I'd say, I get technology, but no one knows the customer like the bankers do, right? So when we combine those two, you get something very different than adding, you know, software or graphics. So if I could rewind things, I would say I'd, I'd go back five, six years. I would have made sure we, we started there a lot more. It's an inclusive conversation framed around what I call asking one of the there's there's two very important questions that 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 I always ask when advising financial brands and the first one is this how do you want to grow what are your goals what are the roadblocks and then what are the opportunities that you want to create or capture and you put those up if you get three goals three roadblocks three opportunities you put them up on a three by three matrix that really gives you a clear path of operationally and then you can get the business lines involved in that conversation and it becomes inclusive they're part of it part of the conversation because I mean if you think about it I mean, you and I, we both have kids. And every time you tell your kid, I want you to do something versus you include them in that discussion, as much as I want to tell them to do something, it doesn't always happen. The positive behavior actually comes when we're having that dialogue and we're having that discussion and they're included because they're able to take ownership of whatever behavior modification might be. No, absolutely. And, and the, thing is also you end up having some better ideas on the way that you get there that are brought to the table right from the very beginning instead of trying to fix those later which is the absolute wrong time to do it and so when we start to build out these ideas again some of the best ideas that we had to utilize technology truly in in a more unique or proprietary way 
didn't come from me. It, it didn't come from the IT department. It came from our chief retail officer, uh, David Helms over at Origin. You know, it came from you know, Nick Marasa, who was over our mortgage team over there. I mean, those guys were the ones who would say, hey, well, what if we could do this, right? Or And they didn't think about it from a technological, you know, limitation or capability. They thought about it, well, if I could reach out to the customer or if I could offer this to the customer at this way, in this way, this would be better. And we was like, okay, well, I can do that, right? I can go find technology and we can find a way to align that and let's see if it works. And, and that's where you start to see what true digital transformation should be. And it does, it starts, and we, you hear it all the time, whether it's Jim Baru, it's, it's, it's Brett King, whether it's you who, or Ron Shevlin, you name them, right? That talks about this stuff. You know, it all comes down to, it really does start at the top and it really does start with the business alignment. Uh, I'm going to keep going back to that because I think that that's just missed by so many organizations that are really early to this digital transformation you know, space. Yeah, you've got to align the business internally and then align it externally. And really, it's about putting people at the center of all of your thinking all of your doing. Corey, this has been such a fantastic conversation. I appreciate the the perspective, the insight, the knowledge that you shared. For someone that's listening and they're on their own personal digital growth journey, what is one specific recommendation that you could make to them so that they can continue to move forward with courage and with confidence? Start now. You know, don't don't wait for things to become easy, right? If you're waiting for things to become easy, it's going to be too late. Start now, start having the conversations, bring the ideas to the table. Even if you think they're crazy, right? Bring the idea to the table. Look at your mission and vision statements of your organization. If you don't know what those are, they're not clear, they're very broad. Work with your teams to adjust those things to create something that's realistic and honest. And then start bringing anything and everything possible to the table that fits or aligns with that. Doesn't mean you're going to go forward with everything. Doesn't mean everything's going to work out. But if everything fits that, then at least you're being honest, right? But again, just get moving. Start to have the conversations. I mean, if there's there's concerns or thought on, on how you can kind of get started, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter at Banker. Reach out to me, ping me, or, or do a quick Google search. I mean, there's a ton of people in this industry that have been very welcoming to me. And, uh, you know, I couldn't have done half of what I've done or, or will, will do, right, without, without this ecosystem of people. And it's an, it's an amazing group, And but just join us and get started. Get started. Don't wait. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it. And it all comes down. It all comes down to putting, I think, really other people before you use use the other people, use the customer as the impetus, as the fuel to make their lives even that much better. And as a result, you will make your life that much better. 100%. Love it. Corey, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. This has been great today. I appreciate it, brother. As always, be well, do good, and wash your hands. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. Like what you hear? Tell a friend about the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and subscribe while you're there. To get even more practical and proven insights, visit www.digitalgrowth.com to grab a preview of James Robert's best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside 
inside, you'll find a strategic marketing and sales blueprint framed around 12 key areas of focus that empower you to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Until next time, be well and do good.